This episode is brought to you by the Kindness ATM, the coolest and surest way to spread kindness. If you're in Florida, get $50 off your Kindness ATM sponsorship, sending a DM on Instagram, add kindness underscore ATM with the code JLP. Make it a kinder world. Jewish Latin Princess episode 117, marriage-minded mentor, Aliza Ben Shalom, dating coach, speaker, and author. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Have you been dating for a while and it's just not working? You're marriage-minded and you're ready to do the work to get you over your hurdles and under the chuppah? Maybe not you, but your sister, your brother, your friend. I mean, we all know people like that in our lives. They're just ready. Well, listen up, ladies, because I have the marriage-minded mentor on the show. Yes, Aliza Ben Shalom. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm your host, Yael Trush. Welcome to the show. You heard that right. Today, we're helping all of those who are looking to get married. I have to tell you, I had never met a dating coach before, and this is some dating coach, ladies, as you will soon hear. I mean, I wish I had her 20 years ago. Well, she is indeed the marriage-minded mentor. So, Alisa, Alisa Ben Shalom is a dating motivator, a writer, a speaker, and the author of the book, Get Real, Get Married, Your Guide to Get Over Your Hurdles and Under the Chuppah. She's a frequent contributor to H.com, Shabbat.com, and many other publications. You may recognize Alisa from her appearance in the web series, Soon by You, or Ellie Talks, perhaps. She has been interviewed by BBC World News and NPR, among other media outlets. She works with clients from all over the world, and Alisa is also the creator of the popular online course, Daters Academy. Yes, this is an online course for 2020 people. This is current, on point, dealing with the practical things that you need to tackle today in 2020 in order to date effectively. Yeah, that is getting you way, way closer to finding the one. And we talk about that, finding the one. I mean, it's pretty important and pretty hard. So how was it for Aliza? And how did she come to this line of work in the first place? It's pretty unusual. What are the challenges she faces as a coach helping singles overcome their hurdles? And of course, what are some of those hurdles that singles are facing? And wait till you hear how she defines a joyful, richer Jewish life. Ladies, savor every word of wisdom here. Here's the fabulous Alisa Ben Shalom. Alisa Ben Shalom, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you so much, Yael. So happy to be here. I'm so ready to have fun with you. I've never spoken with a marriage. Well, it's not a marriage. It's a dating coach. Yes, correct me. Yes, dating coach. You got it. Dating. That is your niche, which is, let's just get right to it. This is very unique. Um, I actually know your work from your appearances in the famous show Soon by You a while back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I know you're the uh, an author, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you have 
coaches that work under with you um, and you do online coaching as well. You have courses. Let's start with this dating coaching, this dating expertise. How did we, how did you come to this? I mean, was this something that you're already married and everybody's asking you for advice and then you just, you know, evolved or what was the story? It's a really good question. So I think even from a very young age, I was very interested in relationships. My parents were married, my grandparents on both sides were married, and I saw what I would consider healthy, normal relationships, right? You have ups, you have downs, they stick together, they work it out. Uh And I saw that family was for us one of the most important things. We were really bonded. We were connected. I felt loved. I felt cared for. And I had a positive experience. And I always looked around and I noticed not everybody was going through the same thing that I was going through. And it wasn't necessarily so easy to have what I was experiencing. And so I started just, I don't know, from a young age, 10, 12, 15, just watching other people, other relationships and noticing what was happening. And then I would see what would, what would happen in schools. I grew up and I grew up secular and, you know, people would get into relationships and then they'd get out of them and mm-hmm. then it'd get ugly and then it'd get messy. And, and I thought, wow, there's got to be a better way to do this. And mm-hmm. so I kind of informally became a little bit of a go-between between people and their relationships and trying to help them and to navigate. And it developed into this, I guess, informal coaching where I would just support people through the dating and relationship process. And then when I was in my mid-20s, I got married. I started building my own family and I needed to get a job. And I hadn't really settled into a career or anything that I had loved. I was still really searching for something. And it came to me that... that you know, matchmaking is a thing people are really excited about being set up. Mm -hmm. And I started there and I thought, Oh, but I don't just like setting them up like you could set somebody up and it still doesn't work. So I was trying to figure out how to make it work. And then I gravitated into this coaching. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And the people that I work with encouraged me. They're like, you have to do this. You have to help more people. And can you help everybody in the process? Can you help the singles? Can you help the coaches? Can you help the matchmakers? Can you train people? And so it really kind of organically started to grow. So let's step back a little bit. How was, because we, because you're this very intuitive um, teenager, you're good at relationships. That's obviously a talent that God gave you. Then you got married, but obviously you must have dated <laughs> in order to find your husband. So how was that process for you? Because I'm sure that in many ways also informed who you became as a coach. Absolutely. So I found the process of dating very frustrating, like many people, because I was really clear about who I was. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily clear exactly about what I was looking for. But because I was intuitive, I always knew when it was wrong. And I thought in my head, oh my gosh, how is this ever going to be right? Like, it doesn't make any sense that people are actually going to meet and be like the right person for each other. Just my my mind was kind of exploding. I was thinking I was going to be like one of those movies, like Julia Roberts, like, okay, if you're 30 and I'm 30 and we're not married, so we'll get married because we're good (laughs) friends. We could make it work. I I just couldn't even imagine how it was going to be. So I 
dated a lot of Mr. Wrongs or Mr. Right Nows. And Mr. Right Now was just somebody to date for the moment because you weren't the right person and I knew it, but you weren't exactly the wrong person. Uh-huh. We're going to get a shot. Yeah, it was kind of like... Maybe I'll try. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Just break up after every first date because it never works. I mean, I'll be on like 200 first dates. Uh-huh. So, and, and you want to give things the benefit of the doubt and you want to try more. But I kept, like I knew it. Every time I saw somebody, I was like, yeah, well, this isn't going to work. And and you don't exactly want to explain to everybody every detail of why it doesn't work. It gets a little embarrassing. You're like, oh, you're nitpicking now? Like that? Uh-huh. For that you're going to say no? And you're like, no, but it's not that. It's such it's a much bigger thing than that. But but that's just a sign of one of those things that this whole thing isn't really going to work. And so I guess in my mind, I kind of started to have a filtering system and process of understanding what would work and, and wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how it was all going to work. Like, how, how are you going to actually choose that one person and move on? It's very scary to say like, oh, I pick you for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm, done. I'm good. <laughs> but you yourself did it. So I, wh- I, how I did it happen it. for you? Like, what was the uh, aha moment? So for me, I decided in my mid-20s, around 24, I made a conscious decision that I was ready to date for marriage. It was like, I'm not just dating. I'm dating for marriage. I'm mm-hmm. really... I'm at this moment where I'm going to make a shift in my life. I'm not just having fun. I'm not just looking for a right person or maybe the right person if I happen upon them. But no, I'm going to actively date and look for my spouse. That was the first step Mm -hmm. was making a conscious choice. And then after that, I still dated Mr. Wrong. Don't worry. (laughs) But But I knew it. And I was honest with myself. And I was like, Aliza, this is Mr. Wrong. This isn't Mr. Right. So I, so I was being clear and honest with myself. And then it just took a process of breaking up and moving on. And then I, well, just before I met my husband, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go on a dating break. I am going to actively stop dating, right? I'm going to work really hard. That's so interesting because I did the same thing and then I met my husband. Okay, (laughs) go on. Uh So it's like when you want to, you know, stop eating junk, you're like, I'm going to stop eating sugar tomorrow for the next 30 days. I won't eat any sugar. It was like that. It was like for the next however long, I don't even know how long I am not dating anybody. I will not date anybody. And two guys kind of approach, not approached me, but oh, I guess they approached me. And and some one guy said, well, can I get your phone number? I said, well, I'm not dating. And he said, well, we don't have to date. No, we'll just we'll just talk. I'm like, oh, so naive, right? We'll just talk. I'm like, no, I'm not talking. I don't want to talk. But I gave him my phone number because I'm like one of those two nice people that felt bad. And he's calling me and I'm like, wait, I'm not dating. I'm really I'm not dating. And he's trying to date me over the phone and talk. And my husband, um, we were at a Shabbaton. We were at a weekend retreat. And at the end of it, he's like, you know, like you want to, you know, go for a walk, grab a cup of coffee, something. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I was into him and he was into me. And I was like, wait, you're not dating. You're not dating. I was like, no, but I really, really want to. And um, that's when I kind of came up with this approach of when you're actively not dating, the way that you know you want to start dating is when you are so enticed and so feel so compelled to date somebody that you're that interested that you would like to break that cycle of not dating and then you know that it's somebody that's at least worthwhile to look into very interesting you said you said so many interesting things i think well one thing that's very telling is this this 
this conscious decision, this first step of making a conscious decision that I'm dating for marriage. And that puts you in an empowered place, I guess, and also helps, I guess, your intuition because um, using your words before, you know, there's Mr. Wrong and there's Mr. Right now. Once you're in that place of I'm dating for marriage, you don't even get to mis- to hang out with Mr. Right now for way too long because right away exactly. he's Mr. Wrong. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It is a consciousness and it also makes dating easier in a sense because really 99% of the people out there are wrong for you. So basically you're looking for full, the you're looking at a whole world full of Mr. Nose or or Mrs. Nose and then then you're looking for only that one person that's right, which means basically everybody's a no. Mm-hmm. It just it's a, it, for some people like oh it's so depressing there's nothing out there I'm like well there's not supposed to be what do you think you have 10 choices I like love you're going to get 10 amazing options right. no right right it's a whole paradigm shift no the entire world exactly. is a no there's just a one so there's just, just let's that start one with that premise and there could be like a maybe like there's there is a concept of having a soulmate and a bashert that is your primary soulmate. And you see that people do get divorced and remarried. You see that people are widowed right. and remarried. So there isn't only one human being in the world that's possible for you. There there are a few. When I say a few, I really don't mean more than about five ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one guy tell me, I said, well, how many possible people do you think there are in the world for you? And he was like. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, a hundred. I was like, no, a hundred. Like that sounds great. This is not like where's Waldo. You're not searching for that one. A hundred sounds amazing. I was like, a hundred. I was like, listen, like if we stretch it, ten. I was like, but tell me, have you ever met ten people in your lifetime that were appropriate for you? He's like, no. I was like, five. He's like, no. I was like, three. He's like, maybe two. I said, okay. So my guesstimate over a lifetime that maybe you'd find five people that would be appropriate for you, like in the middle of your lifetime, like one a decade ish, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's about reasonable. There's just not so many human beings that, that are going to be the right fit for who you are. So you also said something really interesting about your own experience and that you, you said, I was clear about who I was not necessarily clear about who I wanted to marry. And I think that's also a very important point. And I'm asking you as a coach, um, just do people have to have, is is it more important to have that clarity of who I am? Because that's really what that I can control, that development of my purse, of my my whole being in order to attract the person or find the person who I'm going to marry, as opposed to banging your head against the wall, trying to figure out, well, I want a person like this or like that, or like it, it, it right. seems, I would think the correct approach would be work on yourself first, know really who you are, and that's going to facilitate you finding the right fit for you. Exactly. And because I'm an ever developing person, and we all are, I'm going to shift and change, which means what I want is going to shift and change. But what I want doesn't shift first, who I am shifts first. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I agree with you, we have to be in touch with who we are, and constantly look in the mirror and reassess ourselves. When I say look in the mirror, obviously not visually, more into who we are, and then say, wait, you know, six months ago, a year ago, this type of a person would be right for me, but I've actually changed and grown since then. Mm -hmm. And that's not a fit anymore. And I see that this would be a better fit. And so 
I did obviously have a sense of what would be right for me. But as I was growing and changing, and at that point in my life, I was mid-20s, I was growing and changing a lot. It wasn't like I was changing every year. It was like I was changing, you know, every week, every month. There was a lot of, I was in a growth pattern at that point in time. There were a lot of shifts that were happening. And it was like, oh, wait, oh, that would work. Wait, wait, no, 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 that's the old me. What's the new me? Oh, this is really who I am. And this is really who I want to be. And this is the direction I'm heading. Okay, this is going to fit for me. And I had to constantly realign myself with that. So I agree with you 100%. Figure out yourself because that's really the only thing that we have an understanding of. And as you figure yourself out, it will guide you to who you should be with. And that's, but that's a really difficult process, right? Because, and especially Mm -hmm. I would think in this day and age where there's so much noise and so much clutter, we're so distracted by everything that's external to us that we seldom take the time to really introspect and figure and really be in touch with our core being and who we want to be. Who do I want to be when I grow up? Who am I today and where am I headed? Our, Our hard questions and I, I would think nowadays it's even more challenging than when you and I were dating. It is. And the other challenge that goes along with that is that everybody else in the world wants to tell you who you should be with. And before they tell you that, I want to ask them, wait a minute, who do you think I am? Because most people, as much as they know you, they don't really know you. You know that stuff that you keep to yourself that you don't tell anybody. You know that stuff that's like it's on the inside and it's you're afraid to let it out or they see parts of it or they see like 2% of it and it's really like 82% of who you are and they just don't know you. And you're like, wait a minute, you're going to tell me what I want. You don't even know who I am. And I think that's really difficult because we do count on a lot of people in the world to help us navigate the dating process, find the right person, meet the right person, know if it's the right person. But if you don't know me, how are you going to know if that's the right person for me? You'll have no idea. So that's, that's a piece of the puzzle that I think also has to really be looked at and dealt with. Which goes back to what you're doing, because you're not in the, your work is not finding the right person for them. It's almost like your work is helping your clients find themselves in order that they could then go out there and find the right person. Correct? Right. It's interesting. I say always, my goal, my end result is the same as what a matchmaker or anybody in the world would want. Correct. I want you to get over your hurdles under the chuppah. I want you to find a soulmate. I want you to find the right person for you. How do we do that process? So I start with, like you said, finding who you are, figuring out yourself, then we know what you want, and then you have to translate that to the world because the world thinks they know what you want, but they don't. And you've told them what you want, but you feel like they're not listening. And it's not that they're not listening. It's that we're not communicating. We're we're basically speaking two different languages, languages, right? Uh Yeah, I'm talking about me. I'm talking all about myself. And what you're hearing is not what I'm saying. You're hearing what you know about me already, right? So you're, you're not even open to hearing new things. So sometimes I teach people how to communicate effectively with other people so they can get the support that they need or with online because so many things are done in a written or visual format. It's either by your photo, which says the world about you or about what you wrote. And if you don't write it in just the right way with just the right words, people don't get it. They just don't understand you. And they're like, ah, they dismiss it. Nah, not for me. And you're like, wait, wait, what do you mean? I'm not for you. I am. How can you not see that? And so we work on fixing those things up as well. 
You know, it's so interesting because I, I, I almost want to tell everybody who's out there complaining about how frustrating it is with, to work with matchmakers. Well, that's because take a pause, work with a dating coach and then go meet with those matchmakers. <laughs> right. And that is really true because we are like a dynamic duo. Matchmakers serve an amazing purpose to stick people together. And all they want to do is put the right two people together. But if you don't give them the right information, they actually can't help you to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. So by giving them and coming with more accurate information, it really helps them to find the right person. And sometimes I am the bridge in communication between singles and matchmakers and both sides love it. The matchmakers are like, oh, please help me figure out what's a great thing. Like I could make 10 suggestions, but they're going to say, no, what do they really need? And I, and then I explain, well, they said this, but let me tell you what it means. It means this. And they're like, oh, I had no idea. Why didn't they say that? I said, well, they thought that they did say that they tried, but it wasn't what you understood. So I, I sometimes am the translator um, or I help people to do it for themselves. I'm really into empowerment. So my goal is to impact, give people like a download of my brain, all the information that I've learned so that they can then do it for themselves. Because sometimes you need a matchmaker. Sometimes you're your own matchmaker Mm -hmm. and you just needed the right tools. So speaking of everything that you've learned, what and and going back to your work and also the title of your book, Get Real, Get Married, your guide to I think get over your hurdles, right? And under the get over your hurdles and under the chuppah. Excellent. So, so what are those? I guess most common hurdles that you see over and over again that you deal with. Ooh, that's a really good question. Or are they so many that it's like it's not a common? (laughs) We don't have top three. (laughs) Top three. Well, there's different categories. So, oh, let's do. Yeah, there's like the the before category is how do I even meet the right person? Like I I can go on dates, I get Mm -hmm. dates, or I can't get dates, either one, but I'm not meeting the right people or I'm having a hard time meeting the right person. Mm -hmm. That's one hurdle that a lot of people struggle with. They're like, well, if you set me up with like the right person or you give me again, five or 10 amazing people, I'll pick one. (laughs) I'm like, you'd never pick one if you had 10 options. The only reason you can choose one is because you only got one good option. The rest were no good. That was the benefit of getting all of these no's. It's a huge blessing. So- actually trying to find the right person and locate them and figure out how to get on a good date. That's one really big hurdle that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, An in-between hurdle, once they are dating somebody and they're not yes and they're not no, a lot of people live in the middle ground of I don't know. So they call me, Eliza, going out with somebody. I'm like, yeah, no, what do you think? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, it's my favorite phrase. I don't know. If people should tape record themselves, if you start to talk about somebody you're dating and you say, I don't know, it doesn't mean no. It also doesn't mean yes. It just means you have to keep dating them. And people can't stand that answer because they want clarity. And gaining clarity when you're in a relationship that is not an obvious yes or an obvious no is one of the most difficult, painful things. Because if it was a yes, it would be easy. If it was a no, it might be painful, but it's also easy. But when it's, I see a good person, I don't know if they're the right person for me, but they are a good person. And they might be a good person for me, I don't know if they're the the perfect right soulmate person for me, but there's no reason to say no, but I'm not feeling convinced enough to say yes. Oh, this is tough. This, that is a 
huge hurdle. And then for anybody that's in the relationship, like in it, in it, whether they're in it for several months or longer or they're engaged and then they start going through kind of like the downs, like, oh, Aliza, you know, everything was fine except such and so happened. And now what do I do? I don't know. Maybe I should bail. Maybe, And then it brings them back to a, a place of I don't know. And that's really... Uh, that to me, that's normal if it's not too spiky, not too high and too low in a relationship. So if it's just a normal low and you encounter a challenge, let's get over it. A, a couple getting over a dating challenge or a relationship hurdle is a su- huge success to me because it says you're going to face challenges in your life. You got through this one. You can get through the next one too. Mm-hmm. So I have confidence when couples have challenges and they overcome them. I love that. People don't, but I do. But what I don't love is when couples fight consistently on a regular basis, disagree, get along, or or it's just fiery. It's like hot, cold, like love them, hate them, love them, hate them. That to me is often a red flag that is a sign of an unhealthy relationship. This is so interesting. It's it's It can't be an easy job. So I am going to switch Not. gears to asking you as a coach, on the receiving end, meaning helping people through all these hurdles, what's been your biggest challenge as a coach? Oh, that's a good question. What is my biggest challenge as a coach? I mean, so for everybody in the process, it's a really difficult process. And it's supposed to be it's not I mean, this is the to me, it's I think it's the largest decision. I don't think your profession is as large. You don't like your job. You don't like your profession. You go back to school, you get a new job, like no big deal. I mean, big deal, money, time, whatever, but you could switch with with a life partner. Not so easy. Divorce, not so easy. With or without kids, not so easy. Like integrating somebody into your family, not so easy. To me, this is the biggest decision and it's, and it's the most challenging. But in terms of working with people. Um, I find what I do challenging, but not difficult, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Meaning, yeah. I, I mean, I it's a lot of it, like I said, is intuitive. I've dealt with hundreds of people. So to me, there's like, oh, it's one of these scenarios. Okay, let me tell you about five other times this happened and different ways it played out. Do any of those sound familiar to you? And usually it does. And I give them options because it helps them to have clarity to understand themselves better when they see, you know, possibilities of things that have existed and happened. And also to know this is normal. Like what most people go through, it's everybody's like, oh, you've never heard this before. I'm like, try me, try Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) Most of the things I've heard and some are some are outrageous, outrageous. Um, but it's not that it hasn't been said or done before. Um, it just doesn't feel common to them because it's the first time that they're coming across it. I guess let's just say this. The most challenging thing is when people want or need therapy and won't go to a therapist because there's a stigma around therapy Mm. and they want me to do therapy. And I don't, I am not a therapist. I am strictly 100% a coach. I do not have an MSW, social worker, therapist, psychiatrist, psychotherapist, like not nothing with any of those titles. It is not who I am. It is not what I do. And a lot of people who are into coaching already have therapists because there's somebody who is growth oriented and motivated to learn more and know more. Yeah. So, so majority of the people do not seek that, but there is, um, a, there is a handful of people that come and they're like, look, they, I, I don't want to see a therapist. So I'm just going to use you as my everything. And I said, you can't, 
you can't you if you need therapy it's a totally different category you know what i thought of something else the uh, the second thing that's the most challenging is when somebody else wants somebody to get coaching and they want to pay for it and they want to send them and that person doesn't want to go or doesn't need help and and i get calls from parents or well-meaning friends they're like i'll pay for it i will pay for the session just you call them and get them to sign up and i'm like it doesn't work that way Somebody needs to want it. If you don't want it and you don't think you need my help, I can't help you. You've got to come with an open mind, an open heart. You've got to be ready for the process. And we're going to do a lot of great things. Like I don't look at being single as a depressing thing. I get wedding invitations all the time. I can't go to all the weddings that I get the invitations for. There's such joy in it. And it's a process. Yeah, we go through it. Some people, it's a two-week process, a two-month process, a two-year process. It depends on the person. But I find that my clients get married. That's just what we do. They, they're marriage-minded. They want it. They seek it. They find it. They right. marry it. That's it. I love what you said because, you know, let's get out of this. Like, it's being single is not a depressing thing. It's a stage in your life. Enjoy it. Go through the process of dating. But, you know, like, let's stay positive here, people. <laughs> and look, it's, fr- I have to tell you, it's frustrating. And when I was dating, and for many years, because I was, I was marriage minded, even though I didn't say I'm looking for my soulmate until, you know, like six, eight months before I met my husband, it wasn't like I was consciously I verbalized it I was seeking the right person Mm -hmm. for many years and as I met all of the wrong people it's hard it's like I, I can't even because all you see is wrong it makes no sense what right is gonna look like so imagine somebody's dating for 10 years 10 years of dating how many people have they dated 50 Mm-hmm. 75, 100, 150. I mean, I've heard up to 200. I've heard over to a lot. People have dated a lot of people. When you have seen that much that does not match or make sense and is not right, it is very deflating. And you could be somebody amazing. You can have an unbelievable job and a phenomenal family, community, everything else. You're like, I could do everything else right in my life, but I can't get love and relationships right. Why does it never work for me? And they're right. It never works until it works. And it's only that one glimpse and that one moment that you're like, oh, I see it. I got it. And that's it. And then that that's it. Everything else is supposed to be wrong. So it's, it's a very difficult, painful process. And perhaps some of the blessing that comes out of that is when you're in it, you're committed to it because you know, finding it is not so easy. So sticking with it, I hope is more of people's goals. And modern day, it's not the case. Modern day, it's like, well, we'll just find somebody new, it'll be easier. And I'm like, no, it's not easier. <laughs> work with what you have. If if it's possible to work with what you have, there is a blessing in the person that we're with. And there's something for each of us to learn and grow. And it's going to be any relationship is difficult. If, if anybody tells me like, Aliza, no problem. My relationship is amazing. Every day I wake up happy. They wake up happy. We're always happy. We never have downs. We only have ups. I'm like, great. Sign me up. You will be my guru. (laughs) It's not life. It's not life. So, so learning how to navigate those ups and downs with the human being that you chose. And I say human being because we're not angels and we're not perfect. And they're going to say sorry. And then they're going to do the same thing that they said they wouldn't do three times ago. And they're not doing it on purpose. They're just just trying to break bad habits that they're trying to overcome. And, And we're all a work in process. So it's, it's difficult. It is. I, I know where people are coming from. I don't find the process depressing only because I've been through it with hundreds of people. And I see fat people, skinny people, short people, ugly people, cute 
people like it doesn't matter people get married married. and for some people it takes longer and for some people it takes shorter and just because you're better looking or this or have a better job or more money people are like oh if I had more money everybody would want me I'm like nah I was like I got the ones that are wealthy too guess what they also sometimes date for two years it's just it's your mazel it's it's what God prescribed it's what it's just what it's supposed to be and this is your journey and you're on it and so let's Let's just go through it so that we can get to not even the end. So we can get to the beginning of the relationship so that you can build over a lifetime. Right. So, so this is, I guess this is why it's so important because you could get despondent and frustrated if you're in this process too long and you don't get the help of a dating coach, um, I guess. And then, and then, but, but at what point going back to the person who's dated for a number of years and he, you know, he or she is dated like we said, dozen, hundreds of people, whatever might be, right? At what point is it you need to get, you need to help yourself through a coach? And at what point do you say you yourself as a coach realize one minute, I think we need to take a step back and you actually need therapy to uncover and work on some big life issues before we can even move further? That's a good question. I think that therapy a therapy at any stage of our lives can be helpful, but particularly when somebody is stuck in either a pattern of thinking or a pattern of behavior, mm-hmm. or there's something that's been brewing for years, or they grew up and um, they had a traumatic childhood, whether it was relationship related or other related, they just had some large trauma in their life. Those types of topics and things are definitely therapy related. And it's not a short term like, oh, fix this and then come back. Usually it's like, why don't you start your work on that? This seems to be holding you back right now. And then in a month or so, check back in with me. And sometimes I work side by side as somebody's going through the process of therapy, because it's not like you go to a therapist and you're fixed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of it's kind of a lifetime's worth of work. And it's just, are you in a healthy place to move ahead with your stuff? Like we've all got our baggage, Baggage, right? Well, some people's weigh like 10 pounds and some people's weigh like 100 pounds, right? But that doesn't mean you can't get married. A hundred percent. And guess what? If your muscles are stronger, you could carry a hundred pounds worth of weight, right? So it's a matter of strengthening yourself to carry your load or unburdening yourself and taking the load off or some combination of the two. This episode is brought to you by the Kindness ATM. Looking for a unique and meaningful way to show appreciation to members of an institution and reward them for their kindness? The Kindness ATM has you covered. Sponsoring the Kindness ATM could be a great personal project for your organization, for your kids' milestone birthdays. There are many ways in which you can help spread kindness through the Kindness ATM. The impact you will have in others' lives is priceless. If you're in Florida, you can get $50 off your Kindness ATM sponsorship by sending a DM to at kindness underscore ATM on Instagram with the code JLP. Offer applies to Kindness ATM sponsorships in the state of Florida.
love that. Now, having said that, we didn't mention this challenge, but the bottom line is we live in a society that is addicted to instant gratification and we want results and we want them fast. (laughs) So I'm guessing that people come to you and they just want to see, you know, the miracle happen in 30 days. (laughs) So how do we deal with it? (laughs) Does it happen? (laughs) Are you a miracle worker? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the answer is sometimes. So like some people win the lottery, but how many millions of people play the lottery, right? Mm -hmm. So I have had a client, I had a client came to me, we had one session, it was kind of all my beginning sessions, it's a foundation, we lay the foundation for what's going to happen. Uh, things got moving kind of quickly. And within two months, I got a phone call, met the right person, you know, we're moving ahead. Thanks so much for your, you know, one call. (laughs) And I was like, wow, (laughs) you won the coaching lottery. That's fantastic. Um, Another client that I worked with signed up and said, like, I'm just signing up for like, you know, like a three month package. I just want to work with you ongoing. I just want to get things in order. And like, we'll, um, you know, like we'll figure it out after that, but I, I really want to get things fastly, st- you know, started quickly. And uh, by the end of that, she was engaged. She just found the right person and um, it all happened to work out that quickly. And um, for other clients, we start working together. We have like a foundation. We have, you know, a month's worth of coaching together. And then after that, they're like, okay, look, I got, I got my bearings, right? Like I know what to do. We made a plan. I'm going to execute my plan. I'll check back in with you. And then they check back in on and off, you know, once or twice a month, they're checking in, seeing how things are going. We tweak things as they go. And I had one woman, we worked together for over a year and she's like, okay, what's next? And I said, listen, I love you. Like I'm firing you as a client. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, you don't need me. You have all of the tools that you need. Everything is in place to be working. Keep going. Like put it on autopilot. Yeah. So like autopilot cruise control. It's not exactly the right word because it doesn't just mean um, put it on. Autopilot means you know the direction you're going. You keep auto recorrecting, self-correcting as you go so that you keep going and you're going at the same pace and the same speed. We're not going faster. We're not going slower. We're moving consistently forward and just keep moving in that direction. And when you get off course, like bring yourself back to center and keep going. It's going to work. I don't know why it didn't work today. It's not your time. It's just the muzzle of the moment, but it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's not that you need to change, tweak. They're always praying for what they want. They're making action in the world and things are in a good position. Just keep going. She's like, okay, like I'm going to trust you, but like, I'm happy to pay you. I'm like, no, you don't need to. (laughs) And she called it. It didn't take a short amount of time. It was at least six months from then. So it was at least a year and a half. But after a year, we stopped working together. Now she happened to have had a lot of stuff to work through. And so she needed a year to work through stuff. Not everybody has that. Some people, again, get it in one session or a month. Other people, it's an ongoing process. And for some people, they get everything in order and it's still not happening. And you're like, why not? I said, listen, if it's not your time, it has nothing to do with you. There's nothing you can actually do to speed it up. If you put a cake in the oven and it says cook for 45 minutes, you can't cook it for 30 minutes and get a perfectly well done cake. It will be raw in the middle. And if you put the temperature up to try and speed it up, it might flatten the cake or it might burn the cake. You have to cook it at the right temperature for the right amount of time. And so if it's not the right amount of time, then Who are you and what else are you doing in your life? And then we transform from dating coaching into making sure that they are happy. I was going to say, right. Yeah. 
You've got to be phenomenal because when you go out on that next date, you can't be like, I'm just in a holding cell. We are not in the waiting place. Right. This is not, that's not where somebody is. Cruise control is, you know, like full steam ahead. We're moving, we're grooving, we're going. I'm, I'm doing things that I love. I'm doing things on a daily basis that put a smile on my face. I'm doing things that make me a better person. I am, if I want a new job, I'm looking for a new job. If I feel like I need to move, I'm moving. If everything's stable, then I'm doing activities and hobbies and interests and doing things that bring out my best and continue to develop me as a person and that I have stories to tell so that when I go on a date, I'm not boring. I don't just wake up, eat, sleep, repeat, go to work. Like it's, it's, I've got something to say. So sometimes that happens. And when people get to that place, they get really worried. I'm like, no, no, this is great. Right. You're, done. Like, you're, you're good. You're good. Just now be happy. Now just accept your life circumstance. This is just for the moment. And you're so much closer because you're in such a healthy position. Exactly. It just isn't the right time. And we can't speed up the timing. We can do everything we're supposed to do, but the right time is the right time. And then usually when it happens, people are like, oh my gosh, Aliza, you know what? You know why I had to wait? This one, uh, he or she just got divorced and it's been three months. They had to heal six months, whatever, or they weren't ready or they just started dating and I'm the first person they chose, hmm. right? Like they, they weren't dating anybody, but they weren't dating before then. So it wasn't that I wasn't ready. It was that they weren't ready. So in that position, I sometimes tell people, pray for your soulmate, because if I think you're ready and you think you're ready and everything's in a good position, pray for them because maybe they need to get some things settled in their life and that will help things to move move along. This is really beautiful. I, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Now I want to shift gears to I know you have a a online course going on right now. And it's called Daters Academy, which it sounds amazing. I want you to give us all the the details of who this is for. And what are they going to gain from this? What are they going to be doing? Okay, so I did this massive brain dump. And I thought to myself, if somebody isn't coaching with me one-on-one, -on -one, but they want, like, I'm a do-it-yourself learner. Mm -hmm. I love gaining wisdom and information. I'll watch videos and do worksheets. And um, I'm really motivated to do things for myself. So if somebody wants information and they want to be able to do things and set them up right, what could I give them that would help them and empower them to get their dating moving in a better way and for them to get better results. So I created Daters Academy, which has five different online courses. Each course um, has three to five lessons in it. And it has videos short because I know the <laughs> nobody wants to watch a two hour presentation, you know, right. somewhere three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes of information of what I want to share and then a worksheet for somebody to work alongside. And each course runs you through a different topic. So I'll just, can I run through the topics? Uh, and of course, give us a, okay. a scoop. Okay, so um, the first course is called The Perfect Profile. And most people... Uh, to some degree are dating online, whether they are using a profile or resume for a matchmaker or they're doing it with an online dating website. They're basically taking who they are as a human being and they're translating it to one photograph or several photographs and a few paragraphs or a few sentences of written information. Which is so challenging, people. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I it's just... terrifying. 
Right, I'm going to put the essence of me on a piece of paper and poof, you're going to yeah, know it's I'm me. looking for my soulmate. How do I put my right. soul on paper? <laughs> right, how do I put my soul on paper? And and I'm not a writer or I am a writer or I like, how do I know what I mean? But do you know what I mean? I'm not just writing for me what I think and feel. I'm writing in a way that has to be translated so when somebody reads it they get it that it makes sense so the perfect profile goes through the steps of what I think you need to do to write the right things down to get it out and you have to stand out from the crowd I've read through thousands of online profiles and I will tell you if you your profile sounds like everybody else's you get three seconds until I click and I know immediately if it's gonna sound like everybody else's my friends would say that I'm a generous kind blah 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 okay next next nobody is enticed to read it so you need the right photograph you need the right wording and you need to stand out and I teach people how to make what they write stand out and yet, you know, people who are like, oh, but I, I don't want to stand out. Like, I'm shy. I'm this. No, no, no. We want you to stand out, meaning we want you to stand out among a crowd and to represent who you are. And so that's what the perfect profile teaches people how to do. Okay. That's one. That is one. Two is soulmate summary. And most of the time, people will come up to you and they'll be like, like, no, so what are you looking for? Like, hey, Yael, you're single. What are you looking for? The dreaded question. (laughs) You're like, what am I looking for? Like, how do you, you know me? How do you know? Or you don't know me. How am I going to explain this in one phrase or one sentence or three sentences? Like, how do I quickly tell you off the cuff what I'm looking for? So most people will just say like, the first thing that drops out of their mouth. They're like, I I don't know. I mean, somebody nice and generous and kind and loyal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing that everybody else says. You want a good human being. Now, could you tell me something else about what you want? Because everybody wants a good human being. But what makes it a good human being for you? So trying to summarize your soulmate and what you're looking for is also very difficult. So we go through a process and get people to come up with the right language and then they come up with this concept or phrase or whatever it is and then you can use it every single time oh my and gosh. then there's the dreaded elevator pitch i dreaded right? it enough just having to write it for what do you do oh i hated right. that question right right it's hard enough for business how do you do that about your soulmate so that's what it is it is just a complete summary but it but i but there's tools and i have ways of doing it because again you only get a few words and then somebody stops listening Brilliant. and so you really wanted to hit home so that's soulmate summary mm-hmm. um the third one is called online overhaul and basically everybody googles everybody and you might be googling everybody else that people are trying to set you up with and get all the dirt on them but what we forget is we should google ourselves And what we need to go through is basically like an online detox of what information is up there about us. So first of all, if there's anything that doesn't represent who we are today, we should probably take it down. Unless it benefits us in some way, it needs to disappear. And if there's stuff that's out there um, that we can't change, don't hide like actually face your demons and realize there might be some things online that you can't change. And if that's the case, then we have to move through a process of, well, what does that mean when I'm dating? So online overhaul really goes through all of the steps of dealing with 
who I am as a person and how that's represented within the online world. And this relates to a majority of people. I do have a few people that are like, Aliza, you know, I'm a privacy lawyer. I'm a this, I'm a that. They're like, you can't Google me. There's nothing. You'll hardly find anything. I say, great. Then you'll need less information from this specific course. But for almost everybody, this is really relevant. Yeah, right. Um, the fourth course is called Mystery in Your History. And this is the one that people roll their eyes at. I just like, rolled my eyes. It made me nervous. <laughs> I'm like, mystery in my history? Ooh, scary. <laughs> right. Most people are I don't like, want to go there. <laughs> That's the answer. Aliza, I don't want to go there. If I wanted to go, I like, I already went there. The reason I said no or they said no is because it's a no and that's it. So mystery in your history does not only involve the people that you've dated. It could involve people that you thought about dating or people that thought about dating you or people that are wanting to recommend people to date you that you already said no to or... It's just your history. It's anybody who is not from your future that you haven't met yet. It's everybody who you've already met and evaluating. Is there somebody within my circles that I already know or somebody already knows that I should potentially be dating? Now, everybody tells me, no, no, no. And I'm like, I'm not going to take that for as an answer. That's not uh-huh. acceptable. You need to sleep on it for a week. And the reason is because 35% of people tend to marry somebody that they already know. So why do I have to go search the future? Why do you and I have to rack our brains to find somebody new to magically appear out of thin air when somebody already, you already, you have the answer. Everybody's like, open your black book. I'm like, open your own black book. You've got the answer and we should find it. And um, it happens so frequently that if you don't do it to me, like, if you don't do it properly, and this is why I have a whole course on it, then you're not doing it right. You don't know what you're missing. And then it's fine. You'll probably circle around to them. But why should you wait five years when we could find them today? So this is brilliant. Happens. I never thought of that. My goodness. I know. I know. And people are like, but wait, what do you mean? Just just anybody I've dated? I'm like, no, no, no. It's more co- obviously it's more complex than that. So right. I've got a whole course because there's so like you could see, I think of a lot about these things and I have a lot of information. So I'm goodness constantly- gracious mystery in your history. OK, that has me totally intrigued. I'm so glad that I'm married because <laughs> I would need to get on the Staters Academy ASAP. Now, what's the fifth module? And the fifth one is called the plus one perspective. And this is a combination of a mindset reset and not overlooking future opportunities. So basically we walk around with our same, you know, lenses within the world looking for the right person. And really what I want you to do is to put on new lenses and these it's the plus one perspective. It's like, it's Aliza's lenses. It's my, it's my lenses. And my lenses are that every one and everything is an opportunity and is a yes until it's a no. Mm-hmm. because it's not you know guilty until proven innocent it's soulmate until proven not so basically somebody's recommending somebody to you and you're listening and you're listening and and you're like oh yeah whatever maybe i don't know and you kind of like throw it off no 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 there's no throwing it off we assume this is your soulmate tell me more what other information do you have what else can you share and then they start telling you and you're like oh no not for me okay that's a no great but you actually investigated it properly you asked the right questions you looked at it as if and not maybe not maybe yes this is my soulmate until no it's not my soulmate it also makes you get into it for real if it's really my soulmate what would I be asking what would I want to know 
how would I inquire about this? Oh, so it's a total paradigm shift. It's a total paradigm shift. And it opens up the whole world because I also have the expectation that you are meeting multiple people in the day, every single day that you are missing. And you've been missing for the last five years, 10 years. Everybody's been missing it. And I'm going to teach you how to catch it every time. Oh my goodness. So ladies and gentlemen, well, ladies, because we're all ladies here. I, I think I have a few men who listen. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, if whoever's listening, I, I think we need to enroll in this Daters Academy, which is why we're bringing you a discount. Um, and I'm going to tell you how to enroll. But first of all, I just want to say that this is so timely and brilliant, Alisa. I, I probably would have benefited from this um, 15 years ago. I, you know, it was a different world then. But I think this is just so thorough and complete. So I'm going to go ahead and tell people how they can access Daters Academy and how they could get a special Jewish Latin Princess discount. Okay, great. Everybody write this down or go back to it, whatever. I'm going to advertise this because this is just brilliant. You go to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Daters Academy. And that's how you get in. When you get into the coupon code, you type this code, JLP50, and you're going to get $50 off Daters Academy. So you're going to be enrolled to, on Daters Academy for only $99 with your $50 off, right? Yes. I, I mean, I'm blown away by all this information. I would have, obviously, this is why I'm not a dating coach. I would have never thought of all this, um, <laughs> putting it together. And, I'm, and again, I'm really glad I'm married at this point. But I know all of us have friends who are single, or maybe we need to help a niece, a nephew, a child, whatever it might be. This is a great way to help them. Which brings me to my next question. Do you have children of marital age right now or not yet? Not yet. My oldest just turned 16. Aha. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so this is going to be a very interesting dynamic because mom knows a lot about dating. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. One of my kids said, I was like, you know, well, what about this? And when you're dating and you're looking for your soulmate, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, I mean, you know everything, so I'm just going to ask you. Aww. And I was like, oh, it worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so we'll nice. We'll see if it actually happens. I don't know if they'll really come to me. You know, like the, the shoemaker's kids have holes in their shoes. I mean, I hope it's not the case. <laughs> right. I hear but, from uh, friends who are in the in the process for their children that it is a very, very difficult process. And you learn is. a lot about yourself as a family and as a parent yeah. so yeah that's true. But, but for the rest of us who are who have friends who could benefit from a course like daters academy i think this is a brilliant brilliant approach to go on uh, to go about it and obviously i know that you do one-on-one -on -one coaching right yes i do and that they um, can find where can they find you alisa so you can find me at marriagemindedmentor.com and we have I coach I have a team of coaches that work with me as well and there's also tons of uh, good information and wisdom to share so you can check us out beautiful this has been so fascinating so I want to switch gears very quickly and then we got to wrap up to a little bit of the Jewish ideas because so much of what you've said is grounded in Jewish wisdom and Jewish thought and your work obviously is to you know help people get to that place of marriage which is such an important Jewish value um, so I want to ask you 
and this is kind of a, a question that I don't ask of all my guests, but some of my guests I just kind of pick on because they're brilliant and you're <laughs> one of them. <laughs> How would you define living a joyful, richer Jewish life? Mm. How do I define living a joyful, richer Jewish life? So I just came back from a trip to Poland, and it was my first time doing anything Holocaust-related in Europe like that. And what I, the, one of the strongest messages that I came away with was there were many, many Jews in the camps, and they said, we lived as Jews, and we will die as a Jew and they, what they meant by that was, we're not going to throw off who we are and what we believe in and any of our customs and our rituals to assimilate into the world. To me, living a joyful, richer Jewish life is about taking things on on a consistent basis, like mm -hmm. every day, what is it that you do? Do you wake up and say the Shema in the morning? Is that your one thing that you do? Do you, I don't know know what the Parsha is of the week or read it or are you connected in that way? Do you go once a week to a Jewish event or a community event? Do you have a learning, you know, Torah partner? Are you connected in some way and learning on a regular basis? Like what the way to live a more joyful, richer Jewish life is to do something, one something, one thing and do it consistently. And when I say consistently, I really mean daily, not weekly. One thing every day. What is your one? And when you find that one thing, I think that's what helps you to live a more joyful, richer Jewish life. Ladies, I got to stop this right now and point out how telling this answer is to the work that you do. I don't know if you realize, <laughs> but really what you're saying here is that this this getting in touch with your soul, with your inner essence, with this one thing that you do consistently that really puts you in that place of nourishing that inner part of yourself. And this is so much of what you do. You help people develop themselves from the core so that they can find the one for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. Exactly it. <laughs> Amazing. All right, let's wrap it up with some JLP fill in the blanks, okay? And this is the part of the show where I'm going to give you an open-ended sentence and you're just going to finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I think you can handle it, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Ben Shalom. Go for it. Okay. I am Aliza Ben Shalom and I feel most spiritual when? I feel most spiritual when we are singing around the table and there's friends and family together and singing, usually a nigun, a song with no, no words that is, um, that carries me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that music has just such a, those nigunim have such a power it, it to touch your soul. My soul. Yeah. yeah, and my, my husband is a chazan. He oh. leads an unbelievable Friday night um, minion. And I think, you know, in addition to the rest of him that I love, but that just hit me in a place you know there's no words it just there's there's music and sound and and music is very powerful to transform us yes i could totally relate to this the same thing in our home i have a, f a musical family and the friday night singing my husband and the boys is just uh, something that always gets to me all mm. right my favorite mitzvah or one that i connect with the most is you know 
I love the mikvah and as difficult it is as it is this coming and going of this time together and apart I actually see the wisdom and know that it is the most brilliant plan for marital harmony and peace and shalom and bringing couples together and also to me I mean if you would say like what's the most spiritual like that's also like one of the most spiritual moments um just like because there's a purification process and and there's an opportunity to cleanse ourselves like the same way Yom Kippur cleanses us it cleanses us and and our our body and our soul and it's I come out feeling you know elevated yeah that's I, right like I'm, I'm having a hard time putting it into words. But that is, yeah, it's like an elevation, a renewal, a renewal, but it's an elevation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, once I once told my husband, I was like, I think when I grow up, I want to be a mikvah lady. He's like, Why? I was like, It's so holy. <laughs> it's such important work. It's so amazing. He's like, Could you wait till the kids get out of the house? Because that's like nighttime hours. I said, Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, so now, 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 now we know what you're going to be doing after you marry off the kids. <laughs> my, yeah. fo- my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Oh, my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is growing up and, and um, singing around the Hanukkah candles and having our family all together and just joy, like having more light in our world and, and just feeling loved and connected to family. Mm, yeah. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Ooh, something I wish I had learned is there's many, many different ways to be Jewish. And there's many different expressions of our Judaism. And as we grow, we jump from bucket to bucket, and we're not necessarily stuck where we were. And I didn't, you know, I kind of, I, I saw that or I, I didn't know it, know it. And, and it took me, I felt like too many years until I was able to shift buckets and be like, wait, I grew up like that, but I'm not that I want something different. Mm. And I want to be different. But I didn't know that that was an option. Like I thought who I was, was who I was going to be. That's such a great answer. And it's so telling of you as a growth oriented person. I love it. <laughs> when I give tzedakah charity, I like to give to? Oh, I like to give to organizations that do outreach because outreach was what um, brought me in. And I like to give to smaller organizations that are doing deeply meaningful work with individuals as opposed to very, very, I mean, not there's benefits to doing everything, but sometimes I see, and I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, that it's hard to get things going. And sometimes you have a small organization that's doing something so powerful, they just don't have a following. And and, and I like to support kind of the underdog and, and the small guy. Nice, nice. And finally, I'm Aliza Ben Shalom. And today I'm most grateful for I'm Aliza Ben Shalom. And today I am most grateful for my health and well being. Because the only way to stay in this world is to have our bodies and the best way to be here um, or the easiest way to be here is through health. Um, A lot of people are here and we are, you know, we all live through sickness to a degree at different times in our lives, but I'm, I'm most grateful for health and well-being and the ability to 
fulfill my purpose within the world. Beautiful. And we thank you for that. Alisa Ben Shalom, thank you so much for everything that you do. Everybody, you can find her at marriagemindedmentor.com, correct? (laughs) Marriagemindedmentor.com. I congratulate you for what you're doing. I think it's fabulous. And ladies, if you need help with dating, you know where to go. JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash Daters Academy and claim your discount with the code JLP50. Alisa, thank you so much. I look forward to staying in touch and hearing from you again. Thank you so much, Yael. Such a pleasure. Thanks to Alisa Ben Shalom for stopping by. You can find her at marriagemindedmentor.com and on Instagram at marriagemindedmentor. If you'd like to sign up for the fabulous and super practical Daters Academy, head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Daters Academy and claim your special $50 discount by entering the code JLP50 at checkout. Yes, your price will be lowered from $149 for the entire course to just $99 for the entire Daters Academy. jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Daters Academy. Enter the code JLP50 at checkout. And speaking of marriage, lately I've been talking about this stuff a lot. If you haven't had uh, yet, uh, head over to ladiestalkshow.com. I don't know if you're following me on social media and you heard about that, but you can watch me talk about marriage and money over there. Specifically, how to talk about money with your honey with ladies talk show host Leah Richheimer, who is on this show maybe around... I think she was episode 75 or 79, something like that. Oh, what a riot. We had so much fun and a pretty uh, a humble brag. <laughs> we are hearing from her viewers that I'm the best guest she's had. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that. So why don't you head over and watch? Let me know what you think. I was also on another interview recently. So I've been like on a pretty on a lot of podcasts and and the video interviews recently. So I'm thinking I'm going to take some audio clips from all those appearances and give you some sound bites here, bring them to you. Some of the good sound bites that I think you'll appreciate um, thinking about it in the works, in the works. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.